Welcome back to Let's Talk Chatter That Matters. We hope you're excited for the next few weeks as our entire team will give you a deeper look into domestic violence and what it may or may not look like. Today, our team will be discussing domestic violence and toxic families, as well as how our community handles hearing about domestic violence. Today, we have Bibi Khan, Sadaf Patel, Razia Nathani, and Saira Wahid, who are all domestic violence caseworkers for Anissa. So, let's get right into it. Assalamualaikum, everyone. My name is Bibi Khan, and today we are here to talk about an exciting and interesting topic, domestic violence and toxic behavior. So many people are confused as um, to when domestic violence is domestic violence and when toxic behavior um, is toxic behavior. So today, the most important point that I want to make sure that we understand, not all toxic behavior is abuse, and all abusive relationship is full of toxic behavior. So um, we want to clarify a lot of things with you and uh, be able to share um, a lot of interesting points here. So domestic violence is all about controlling the victim, whereas toxicity is really about, you know, when we say people are full of themselves, that's exactly what we look at it as. Those are the people that want to have like the last say in everything. They want to just, you know, smush you apart and your opinions and they just want to have the lead on everything that goes on. So we have a whole full team here and we'll discuss different parts. So I'll go ahead and pass it off to someone else. Assalamualaikum. Uh, my name is Sadaf. So maybe like, you know what? I understand what you're saying. Like they think there's too full of themselves. But I was also thinking like toxic behavior is a lot like, um, you know, not understanding how to get things across like being full of pressure like sometimes parents when they expect like having expectations that are sometimes unreasonable but not realizing it so toxic behavior can sometimes come into a home without anybody even realizing that that's what they're doing you know like when they're telling their kids you have to get these grades you have to do this and those kids don't even want to come home Mm -hmm. they feel like oh my god my home is so toxic this is you know, there's no way I can meet my parents' expectations. Let me just do whatever I want. And toxic behavior, remember, is not only for family members. It's your co-workers, the people you work with. Even when you go shopping and you feel the need to be yelling at the cashier, right? So toxic behavior spreads all over the place. We see, Salikum, this is Razia Nathani. I'm a caseworker for domestic violence. So talking of toxic behavior, um, I think some of it, like Sadaf said, is um, about people not adapting to the time, to the current environment. We have a lot of immigrant uh, families and uh, they have not successfully made the transition to living in America in the 21st century. You know, the way our school system is, the way, um, you know, the, the, the exposure that the children are getting and their expectations from the children are so... Uh, you know, similar to what they were as kids in the 80s or 70s or whenever that was. So I think some of it stems from just a lack of um, the ability to to adapt uh, into a new environment. Keeping the old values and I mean, with, even if you want to keep the old values, but yeah. keeping all of that magnified over here because you're so scared that your kids will you know assimilate into the environment. A big part is honestly enforcing your 
thinking, your mindset that was 40 years yes, ago yeah. onto the kids today, that's causing a lot of problems. And you know what? Homes. Toxic behavior, I feel, is causing mental health problems as well. Mm-hmm. Like kids are in depression, they're, they have anxiety attacks because they feel like they're not living up to certain expectations mm-hmm. or they feel like they're not good enough because that's what they've been told. Because parents want to keep this persona in this image, right, that we bring back from our old communities mm-hmm. that you have to have this certain image and you have to do kind mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. Assalamualaikum. Uh, my name is Saira. And um, I would like to add this thing that, uh, you know, like something is very important to recognize where the toxic behavior is and address it, address the issue that this is the issue of the behavior. And if it leave you leave it untreated, it will become into more toxic and then eventually yeah. to violence. Yeah. And I, so abuse. Yeah. So there's a fine line between that. Yeah. And if we don't recognize the first thing, then mm-hmm. you, of course, can't see what's coming after that. So in that way, like even not only child, just adults also get like, you know, affected by that, like between relationships in a family or even with the extended family, like in our culture, like mother-in-law, sister-in-law, brother-in-law. So it has to be addressed right when it starts. And if it's treat, you leave it untreated or, un, you know, like addressed, so it will cause even bigger problems and And turn into... Our fears cause toxic behavior. Yeah. Sometimes you don't like the mother-in-law fears losing her son. So she has toxic behavior with the daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but we could go on and on about this. Yeah. I know we have more yeah. questions that need yeah. to be done. And I think one important thing is to remember that it's like Cyrus said, it's very easy for toxic behavior to turn into abuse. Yes. Yes. Toxic behavior is the first step for abuse, right? So the lines are very, uh, undefined, but also, um, it overflows so quickly that yes. you don't even know when it happened, right? So yeah, toxic behavior is very, very dangerous in a home. And the sooner they do get help, speak to a counselor, even you know whatever you need to do as a family, get together and discuss what are you feeling when you get Communication, communication, communication. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times we actually enable toxic behavior because we are not very good culturally in setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. And we tolerate because, you know, like parents, for example, religiously and culturally, you know, they are revered so much that uh, that we don't even question what they are doing, right? Or, and we don't even question like aunts and uncles and all um, grandparents out of respect. So we actually enable that by not having boundaries to protect ourselves, to pr- protect our children, to protect, you know, uh, each other, even in friendships and in the workplace. I think it is, it is very important to realize that culturally we are uh, we lack the ability to set appropriate boundaries. Mm-hmm. And even That's if we have boundaries, we don't respect those. Yes. Yeah. So, True. inshallah. But um, next, what's the next question? So, I suppose we talk a little bit about domestic violence now, right? Mm-hmm. So, where does toxic behavior end and, you know, actual abuse and... Yeah, so I think we have kind of educated the community a lot on domestic violence. And honestly, domestic violence is one simple word, you know, control. It's Mm -hmm. all about control. So um, when we talk about toxic family, it's the need to be heard. But domestic violence is the need to control. Mm -hmm. So I think anything when it comes to like controlling, you know, whether it's verbal, it's emotional, it's physical abuse, it all, that's all domestic violence, right? So domestic violence really is usually from a family member or partner whereas toxic um, behavior comes from anyone anywhere so let's talk about domestic violence in the muslim community yeah. right like how is it different than what do you think 
So um, domestic violence in our community, of course, I look at it as double of what it is in other communities, mainly because we have strong religious beliefs or cultural beliefs. There's a lot more, you know, like um, there's immigration um, abuse, there is, you know, uh, threatening yeah. divorce abuse. There's so many abuses, right? So how about the fact that we don't think abuse is abuse? Yeah. Or that our parents are like, that's okay if he hits you a little, mm -hmm. you know, put up with it yeah. because they have fear of, you know, they don't want to yeah. have a broken home. And yeah. so they think that the, even if it's broken from inside, it's okay. It's okay because as people, long as from outside, it's yeah. Know. Because so the there biggest... are so many things that we don't even realize as abuse. Yeah. I when I was getting that training, and it's like when you do something to avoid something for other, like in pressure, you're doing something. Like I don't want to do something, but I do it, so I don't like uh, upset somebody, upset somebody yeah. else. Is a kind of abuse mm -hmm. and in our yeah. culture Where you lose your personality right it's like it's a norm so it's, that's it's sort an of like verbal it's sort yeah. of like verbal it's like emotional expectation. so you are expected to do anything that he yeah. likes or she likes or will make them upset yeah i yeah. think i think the in our communities and in general i think domestic violence is really really hard because generally if somebody commits a crime they are held accountable for it. But in domestic violence, the onus is on the victim, right? Mm -hmm. So the family owner, uh, honor, for example, mm -hmm. the victim is seen to have violated that, right? The victim is seen to have compromised the, the name of the family or the owner or the future of the children, even though the victim is not responsible, right? It is the abuser who's actually causing it. But socially, we we there is the all this pressure goes. To, I mean, you don't see it in any other crime, right? If somebody yeah. robs a bank, they are accountable. If somebody kills somebody, they are accountable. But in domestic violence, unfortunately, all of it falls on the victim. Yeah. So it's like a double, uh, you know, sort of abuse. One from somebody that they have loved and trusted, and the other from the community at large. Yeah, yeah. and it's a felony. But people yeah. don't realize yeah. that it it like you know. If you call the police, it's a felony. Yeah, continuous violence yeah. is definitely a felony mm -hmm. now. And if someone is pregnant and they're being abused, that is definitely a, a felony now. Um, one of the important things um, that our communities has to stop doing is what are people going to think, okay? Yes. Your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law, whoever is being abused at home, but you are just concerned about what people are doing outside and you will allow them to be tortured, allow them to be abused. That's not okay, okay. We forget that Allah SWT is watching too, right? It's all about what people think. But even as the women themselves, like even the women or men also go through domestic violence, but a lot of times the women, they've just been housewives, right? They've never worked. And mm -hmm. so they're also that fear of, are we going to have that same financial stability? Are we going to be able to? And even our community doesn't yeah. accept it, right? You see a woman who even is like divorced or somebody who's a single mom, a lot of people stop inviting them. A lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, you don't include them in your couple's gatherings. Yeah. or your And that has to stop. Yeah. That is something that as a Muslim community, we need to understand that people go through things. And it's okay if something happens and a marriage breaks up. We need to embrace yeah. everybody. Yeah, it's Those kids blaming, especially. Right? Yeah, yes. It's victim blaming and victim shaming. And it is like even in a marriage, like a woman who is independent or working is considered somehow disobedient, right? Where yes. the, that is not the case and that doesn't need to be our thinking. Absolutely. And a lot of times we see, we have seen cases where parents, when someone is divorced, parents do not want their kids to associate with them. Yeah. And kids and domestic violence is a total, we need like yeah. to have 10 episodes of this to discuss oh my that. Gosh. But um, just knowing what,
what's right and wrong in domestic violence. I think that will help a lot. And we need maybe to do a lot more educating on domestic violence because our communities, they know, but they don't know. So educating, but also accepting. I think our community needs to learn to accept. And once they do that, then it will become easier for Mm -hmm. people to get out of abusive situations. Like we had this, um, we had this client and it was so sad. Like we heard about her through like a, you know, a social media group. And um, she was so isolated. Like her husband did not let her speak to her family. He didn't, she did not have a phone. She could not leave her house. And so somehow she had gotten, you know, gotten a phone and she was able to put that this is what's happening to me. And we actually were trying to figure out how we can throw a phone in her backyard so that she can have communication with us. And from that, mashallah, like, you know, when she came in, she wanted to do everything she could to make her marriage work. That was her thing that I want to, you know, I want to make sure that he understands this is not okay. And we, you know, we learn, live a normal life, but he didn't want to do that. He's like, if she doesn't follow my conditions, if she doesn't, you know, do this, this and this and not talk to her mom and not do this. And, you know, and he was also very physically and verbally abusive to her. He said that she cannot be anybody. She was a housewife. He said she won't be able to live one day outside the house. She didn't even know how to drive. You know, he was like one day outside this house. She's not going to be able to live. She's not going to be able to survive. She's a nobody. I'm such a big person for putting up with her. Mm. And now, mashallah, she has her own apartment. She did her dental assistance. She has a great job. She's actually even hired a nanny, mashallah. And this is just, and you know, her divorce is final. And this is just six months after leaving that home. She is a new woman. I mean, we just saw her yesterday, all of us. And we couldn't believe the change in the way that she was talking and the way that she was carrying herself. She's a new woman. She was stuttering when she first came. She could not talk. And you also know? just imagine the effect that, you know, it will have on her children, on right? Her, yeah. her daughter was so much happier. Her daughter was smiling. Otherwise, she was always crying, you know? Yeah. So, mashallah. So, those are important things. So, I think what one of the messages that we want to share with everyone is, look, when you see there are difficulties, it starts as toxic behavior. Get help before it becomes abuse, before it becomes domestic violence, because sometimes it is too late by the time you get a handle on it. And one thing I want to say before um, before I leave is that people can change. If you talk to them, you get professional help, you get couples counseling, you you know, you talk to your kids. People can change. Don't ever think that, oh my God, I have to live in this situation. This is my nasib. This is like, you know, my fate. No. You can make you can make that change and you can make, you know, you can make a difference in your own life. There is always hope. There's always hope. Yes, and definitely um, we're here to help with that. We have a full team of caseworkers, counselors at Anissa. And if you need help, um, I mean, we're here. Our first goal is try to save the marriages, try to save families. So what I would want you to do is please give us a call. Our number, our helpline number is 832-324-9111. And we're always here to help, whether it's just advising, whether it's educating, Whatever need you may have, we're here to help you. Thank you for chatting with us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share our podcast. And tune in next week for your weekly dose of Chatter That Matters. See you next time.